When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We got a beautiful show. We got some beautiful hosts. We got a beautiful game. We got taste. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another edition of County Cricket Natters. I'm Sam Dalling. We've got the best of the County Championship and the Charlotte Edwards Cup for you today. I'm joined as ever by the Queen of County Cricket, someone who's never played any County Cricket, which apparently really matters. Annie Chave, how are you this morning? Well, I'm a bit mediocre and boring to tell you the truth. Yeah. Just a just a bit or very? Uh, well, very actually. No, I am very <laughs> mediocre and boring. Oh, it's lovely to have you with us, Annie, as ever. And we don't find you that at all. <laughs> and a man who was there to, well, he'll be talking about it a bit later on. To He survived his first cider derby. Probably had a pint of cider as well, I suspect, one of the evenings. Dan Whiting, how are you? Morning, Sam. Yeah, it's been a bad few days at the office for Gloucestershire fans, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. I'm sure there'll be just the odd mention from you Somerset guys. <laughs> hey, don't, I don't know why you're looking at me, Dan, through ah. the Zoom camera. And as ever, we have a very special guest, and this one in particular is extremely special. She It was the stub. Well, she's won the 100 with Oval Invincibles, although she has now jumped ship. To Southern Brave. She also was in Charlotte Edwards Cup action on Saturday for the sub, sun, Subrisers? Sunrises. <laughs> Joe Gardner. Hi, Joe. How are you? Hi, Sam. Yeah, I'm great, thanks. Pleasure to be on. Excellent. Thank you for joining us so early. And you had a particularly early start, didn't you? You've already been up and out. <laughs> I have. I've done a gym session. I've dropped my car at the garage. I'm patiently waiting to see how much that's going to set me back this afternoon. Oh, that yeah, all sounds that... very, very tiring. What does a gym session involve? Uh, trying to lift some weights. Mm. Just, just that. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. A bit of jump, bit of jumping around. <laughs> Far too early for that. <laughs> oh, you must have been up at the crack before sunrise, which is actually quite a nice segue, which I didn't mean to do, into the Sunrisers game. Let's start because the Charlotte I Edwards get such cup. a bad rep here for bad puns, Sam. And that is like I, up there with the best. <laughs> but it wasn't even deliberate. I'm, I'm actually quite quietly pleased about that one. Maybe I'll clip that one and save it. Joe, the start of their campaign at Chelmsford on Saturday. A difficult start for your side because you were playing against the defending champions. Uh, put up a good show, but unfortunately fell just short in the end. Yeah, it was... We felt like it was a really good opportunity against Stars on Saturday to kick off the campaign because they were missing a couple of their England players and they had a few injuries and stuff. So, yeah, we we approached the game in in good spirits and as you do for the first game, I guess. Um, 
lost the toss, put into bat, got ourselves up to 120, um, which we thought was under par at the time um, and turned out to be probably at least 20-25 run short um, of something that we would have wanted. Um, and yeah, they got off to a flyer in their power play. They were about 40-odd for none. Um, dropped a couple of catches in the power play as well, so that didn't help. Um, with Ailish, who opened the bat and ended up going on to get 56 not out. Um, and Stars ended up beating us by six wickets in the end, which was disappointing. Um, but like I say, we pushed them to the end. Um, there was only a couple of uh, three overs left or something. Um, and in times gone by, I think if you'd have looked at maybe some of our performances last year, that game could have quite easily passed us by without one, us taking any wickets mm-hmm. and two, being over probably five overs earlier. So, no, it was like really good to see the the attitude and the, and the spirit that we put out. And I think we ended up dropping four catches and I don't think you can win games of cricket in T20, certainly. Um dropping four catches but we know that um just got to put things right for Wednesdays it's a quick turnaround against Western Storm yeah it's great to have those quick turnarounds and runs for Cordelia Griffith at the top of the order Dan she's someone you know all about with your Middlesex links yeah I've uh, I played against her old man once Frankie Griffith who played up at Derbyshire and he played for Winchmore Hill as well, it's a local cricket club, and we used to have these T20, or it was just called 20, over competitions for the borough. And uh, we played them one evening, and in the fading light, Frankie Griffith had me hopping around on a wet wicket. It wasn't much fun, it's got to be said, because he was quite sharp. But you've also got um, Gayatri Gole. Is it Gole or Gole there? Who's um, through the North Middlesex Club, which has produced Ethan Bamber, Joe Cracknell, Max Harris... And Luke Holman as well, and it's it's a real sort of talent pipeline for for cricket, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so it certainly is, certainly is, and a slight change of coaching staff as well for you this year, Joe. What's Laura Marsh been like? She's coming as interim coach, right? Yeah, that's right. She's Marsh is great. You know, she's she's so cool, calm, collected. I think if if you were to spend any time around her, um, you get that message straight across the way that she acts around the group um really calm head have around we've got mark broom as well who's involved with middlesex um first team joining us as a bit of an assistant coach as well so no it's really good to have those guys involved and yeah the, like the language and stuff that that we use around the group is really really positive and and just brave i guess and it's just building that into our identity and making sure that we're displaying that out on the pitch but yeah, no, obviously, Marshy's got such a wealth of experience behind her as well. Three times World Cup winner. And as a newly uh, developing off spinner, shall we say, it's great yeah. to have her to uh, pick her brains, I yeah, guess. You've got quite a lot of youth on uh, your team as well, haven't you? Yeah, and we've signed a couple of extra um, young girls this year. Mm-hmm who are kind of signing their first contracts for Sunrisers. Jodie Grucock, who's a Northamptonshire girl, who I actually coached back when she would have been in the under-11s, under-13s at Northampton. So it's quite nice. <laughs> yeah. um, hopefully she'll get to make her debut in the competition at some point or later on in the season. Uh, look forward to that. Right, let's go to the other great game in Group A. Central Sparks with a victory over 
Western Storm, half centuries for Abby Freeborn and Evelyn Jones, and then wickets for Izzy Wong. I love watching Izzy Wong bowl and bat as well. She was smashing it the other week when I was doing a Somerset commentary, and she just kept hitting sixes. Runs for Sophie Luff as well, Somerset skipper, skipper of Western Storm. How do you see the rest of that group panning out, Joe? What did you think of that result? Yeah, I think I probably would have had Sparks down to win, um, to be fair. Storm are a good team, but Sparks with that experience of Amy Jones coming back in and the way that they've, like, Sparks' batting lineup looks serious this year. And there were some people that didn't even get into that. And I think Amy Campbell got a quick fire 30 as well um, at the back end of their innings. And yeah, you look at the openers, obviously, Eve Jones, who picked up felt like all the accolades last year and then obviously got rewarded with a little go in the big bash and um, was out with the uh, England A team in Australia. She didn't score any runs this weekend and neither did Wongi and obviously you know how dangerous they are. I think they were 13 for two or something. But yeah, they've got a really strong batting lineup and obviously bowling as well. They've, I feel like they've got almost innumerable options um, at Spark. So yeah, it'll be a tough game against them next weekend, Ed Baston. But like I say, hopefully we can get one over and get a win over um, Storm on Wednesday. Have you faced Izzy Wong much before? She's quite sharp, isn't she? Yeah, I played with her a bit at Warwickshire as well. Um, she's a great character, Liverpool fan. Um, <laughs> what more can you want? It was her birthday yesterday, actually, so I dropped her a little message. But yeah, no, she is. She can, she can get it through. And I've seen quite a few times her take some some pretty sharp wickets. Um, she can bat a bit as well, can't she? <laughs> certainly can. I think, I think, as Sam alluded to earlier, she hit a very fast 96, I think it was, with a lot of bombs in there. You love to see it, really. You just love yeah. to see that. I remember. I'd forgotten that about you, Joe. It's bombs. It's just like Lewis Gregory talks about bombs and poles all the time. Right, let's go north into the into Group B and we're up at the Hazelgrave ground in Loughborough where Norman, Northern Diamonds, Annie, we can relate to the Northern Diamonds a little bit because they tend to get to finals and lose them. So there is a, a I little bit... I don't know what you mean, a, Sam. <laughs> no, I know. Runs for Lauren, Winfield Hill, what a not, 96 off 51, just falling short of that 100. The Lightning, Tammy Beaumont, we all know her experience and class, 59 at the top of the order. They actually had a huge opening partnership worth 79 but they had a tough time of it last year didn't they lightning no wins in their six games no bonus points and they've started off uh, badly in terms of results but they can take something in the, from the performance can they joe yeah i think so kind of um like as you mentioned 79 for the first wicket marie kelly has been in blinding form in pre-season um she whacked us all over the park when we played them in a couple of t20s uh, a few weeks ago so it's no surprise to see her scoring some runs. And obviously with Tammy's experience, Tammy turns out runs in almost every game she plays. So, yeah, it's not surprising to see those guys have a good partnership. But they've, I was surprised a little bit at the collapse. Um, but like I say, you've got Brycey in there who had literally just come back from the fair break tournament. So she was probably, probably feeling it a bit in her legs. She probably had quite, quite a busy couple of weeks. So... She'll she'll certainly fire. She's very reliable. Um, they've also strengthened their ranks with Piper Cleary, I think, um, who was at Thunder last year. But she's obviously got a ton of experience playing in state cricket in Australia, WBBL, Perth Scorchers and things like that. So, 
Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised to see them bounce back, but I think they take on Vipers on Wednesday again. Vipers are a stacked team this year. <laughs> one that, yeah, you keep your eye on their fixtures, I think. You've done my link for me, Joe, because last but by no means least is that Southern Vipers victory. Eight wickets over the Thunder. As you say, they were already stacked, already winning trophies for fun, and they signed Anja Shrubsall as well over the winter. Is it difficult to see past them, at least in terms of finals day? You'd imagine they'll be there, it's them and one other? Yeah, for me, they're a shoo-in for finals day, certainly, and you know anything can happen on finals day. Um, as was seen in that 100 final last year, to be fair. Um, but yeah, no, Vipers look really strong. You, I don't think you can look past them personally. Obviously, unless we get a few wins, we can challenge them um, being in the other group. But yeah, they're stacked. So much um, top quality cricketing experience in there. And obviously, the signing of Vanya Shrubsoul is, well... Superb, really. Um, do feel a little bit sorry for Thunder as they got a bit stitched up on their journey down to Hove. I think it took them. I think it took them the best part of eight hours, and then they've gone down there and been beaten by eight wickets for a really long journey back up to Manchester. So, <laughs> not ideal in the Thunder camp, but yeah, I'm sure they'll be looking to bounce back as well. Yeah, they certainly will, and they have, as Joe has already said, only a couple of days. It's- Games come thick and fast in the Charlotte Edwards Cup and it's brilliant to see. Joe, before we go to county cricket, or the men's county game, I just want to ask you one question. You mentioned, Dan, have you ever played at Lords? Never played at Lords, no. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely gutted because my son went out there on the outfield in about his fourth game of cricket when he was about nine years old. And I've spent a lifetime, I've probably got about 700 games of club cricket behind me, having dived around parks with broken glass heroin needles, dog turds everywhere. And in my son's fourth game, he goes and plays at Lords. Annie, have you ever graced the Lords turf? No, no. I've I've walked on it on uh, Ladies' Day. And that's that's the best I can say. (laughs) Me neither. And I, I get excited enough when I go down there and take a photo in the morning. But Joe, you played there in a final as well, that showpiece event. What was that like? Ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> I think that's one word I've used um, to describe it. I mean, yeah, it was very, it was very chaotic because there was a bit of rain around. So we, I think, we only found out about half an hour before our actual start time that we were going to start on time. Um, so warm ups were a bit all over the place. We had people in the indoor school, people up in the changing room, people down on the pitch, and it was like, right, we've got to quickly come together, do a bit of running. All oh, right, okay, we're we're going to have a bat first then. And yeah, it was just a bit all over the place. And then you've obviously got all the entertainment, all the like packed out crowd. And it was just ridiculous. And then to take three wickets in the first 10 balls of the fielding innings, it was like, what on earth is going on? Um, And I dropped two catches and we still (laughs) won. So, I mean, it could have been over a little bit sooner. But yeah, it was that just completely an bonkers. <laughs> I love completely it. bonkers. What was it like? Ridiculous. Yes, yes. Oh, oh. Well, a chance to be back there potentially this year in different colours. Joe will be turning out for Southern Brave when the 100 gets underway. Oh, thanks for taking us through that, Joe. We very much appreciate it. And mm. Joe's going to help us as well go through the Men's County Championship. Look, 
plenty of draws, not too many results, but there's one result that Annie and I have our <laughs> our metaphorical eyes on. Dan had his literal eyes on down at Bristol. A pretty crushing victory. Innings and 246 runs, isn't it? Somerset's biggest derby victory. What was it like, Dan? Uh, it was dreadful from a Gloucestershire <laughs> point of view. It's been a dreadful few days, actually, for the club. Uh, not only losing by a record score there, but they lost their captain, Graham Van Buren, to injury. And also the news came through just after the game that ex-player Andrew Simons was killed in a car crash as well. So, you know, and a lot of people in the offices and uh, knew Andrew as well from his time at Gloss back in the 90s. So it, it was a, a dreadful few days. Somerset were outstanding, I thought. I mean, we spoke about Tom Abel. Um, I thought his innings uh, was absolute class. As a captain, he leads from the front. Um, it's not only his batting and the runs he's scoring, but the energy that he's giving. He was averaging 134 against Gloucestershire before this game. He's improved it with that 1-4-2. And he also smote uh, a mighty six, which landed perilously close to my motor. So I could have been like Joe taking my car into the garage. This <laughs> but uh, I, I did ask Tom whether he had shares in Autoglass, actually, which he found quite amusing. Um, but obviously, you know, Graham Van Buren and then Gloucestershire batted. They were down at 10 men due to the Van Buren dislocated shoulder. And I thought Jack Leach bowled beautifully. Bowled just at the right pace on their Bristol wicket. You know, he, he outbowled Zafika Haar completely. And, uh, yeah, they won by an innings and 246 runs. The previous best was an innings and 190. And it was just a, a dreadful few days. But uh, it's good to see old friends. Good to catch up with my mate, Mr. Kirby and Mr. Brooks. And, uh, you know. I bet they were quite a, jolly. They, yeah, they were all right. Well, this was on a Thursday night, so they were, you know, keep, keeping the lid on it a little bit. But uh, it's good to catch up with some lovely Somerset fans. And I even had an apple cake baked for me by a lovely lady called Rosie the Gas Queen. Mm. Oh, we'll soon have you converted, Dan. You'll be upping sticks and moving down to the West Country. And why not? Runs for Renshaw and Lamanby too, that opening partnership. Set the tone. Lewis Gregory, 89, including four bombs, run a ball. That's just his situation. And Annie, how good is it? Dan's touched on it. But Jack Leach, we, we all know the background. It seems to play so little cricket. And when he does play, he hasn't always got a bowl. But eight for him in the game, magic, wasn't it? Doesn't have to be a raging turner, does it? Hey, um, he, was, uh, he, he looked really, really good. And um, just want to go back also to the uh, top order um, top order have come out firing at last and we just haven't had that for a long long time so the the top three scores were fantastic but yeah leach um leading the way and and uh, how brilliant to see him perform like he did yeah and another man performing oh god dan you jump in yeah i just want to say a quick word for jacob bethel he's coming on loan and uh, I thought he was absolutely superb. He's got a real maturity. Ian Bell described him as the best 17-year-old he's ever seen. He's from your neck of the woods, Joe, isn't he? he came, well, he's Barbadian originally and then came over to rugby school, got a scholarship at rugby school. And Ian Bell described him as the best 17-year-old he has ever seen, which is a massive, massive call. But Sam, you're not a huge fan of the loan system, are you? It's not I'm not a fan of it. But you, so Gloucestershire had three, Brad Wheel, Zach Chappell and Jacob Bethel. And as I understand it, Bethel's just there for the one game. And look, this is not criticism of him, nor really of Gloucestershire, because the system is what it is. But 
for me, we'd need to have a if these loans are going to become more prevalent, it either needs to be for the season or for the tournament or in an emergency. Because my understanding is that a Gloucestershire had other batters that could have played. I I, I don't think Tom Lace is injured, so I don't think you should be able to bring in short term loans just to cover lack of form. That's what the academy is for. And I'm, this is not meant to be a, a, a dig at Gloucestershire because there are other sides of doing it. But you, if this carries on, we probably need to look at it because so suddenly an, uh, Team X might loan a player out for one game because it suits their needs because they want another team to get points against a rival and then pull oh, them back. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. so I'm just a bit uncomfortable with it. Um, as I say, not a criticism at anyone directly. Great to see Jacob Bethel mm. scoring runs. But I just think we need to be a bit careful with that. Wicket keepers, yes, specialist position, emergency loan style thing. But I don't know. What do you think, Annie? Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't it wasn't it great to watch him bat? But yeah, it, it does it does feel just a little bit wrong. I, I I do agree with you. I mean, like you say, should it be tournament long or or is it you know should it be more permanent? It's very very difficult when you start bringing in a, a player for a, for one match. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think we're a million miles away from seeing the transfer system in cricket. I think with agents having come into the game, etc., I don't think we're a million miles. But that's a that's a whole different subject for another day. Why don't we franchise it as well while we're at it? <laughs> yeah, if we just cut, if we cut the number of teams, yeah, and then it's then you don't, then you don't have to worry about having so many loans because all the players play for yeah. just eight teams. Absolutely. Uh, we solved it. Yeah. We solved it. Right before we go too deep. Let's move on to the Joe Gardner derby. Warwickshire <laughs> versus North Ants. That's what, that's what they were saying down at Edgebaston. And, well, Will Rhodes, I mean, Will Rhodes on a road, won the toss, asked North Ants to bat. And, Joe, I know you're very much, North Ants is your local side. You're a big fan. You've done some commentary down there as well. Like Dan, actually. He's been in there with uh, Andrew Rad. But, yeah, great <laughs> to see that opening partnership and runs, runs, runs for North Ants. Yeah, record opening partnership, 287, I think it was, between Ricardo Vasconcelos and Will Young. Um, I was following eagle-eyed, as you know, Sam, uh, in the com box at Lords on Thursday. So, you know, that was great to see, to be honest. Um, and another 100 for Luke Proctor as well, and a few middle-order runs for Josh Cobb whacking it. Um, yeah, great to see. And then, obviously, Warwickshire, we, we had them, like, three down for not that many. and then. I think Sam Hain and Rhodes obviously had that massive partnership. Um, what can you do? <laughs> Get uh, Rhodes out for 99, bless him. And then Matt Lang comes in and scores 140 or whatever it was, 150. Um, Sam Hain ended up on 200, I think, just getting to their personal milestone yesterday by the looks of it. it Simon Kerrigan. Don't know how his shoulder hasn't fallen off with how much I think he bowled, and then I even I think Ricardo even had a couple of overs himself. So yeah, it must have been interesting, none none nonetheless. Yesterday afternoon for those North Hunts bowlers, um, yeah, an absolute road. There's a sort of cricketing stagflation going on at the moment, isn't there? With batting averages going up. And then sides aren't getting many points due to all these draws. And it, it, the balls are apparently being changed mm. for the next game. I saw Lizzie at Gloucestershire come, come in with a box. I, I don't know whether there were 
the the new batch in the, in there, but there seems to be um, a hell of a lot of uh, a hell of a lot of draws around the circuit. But Joe, I just want to say, North Hans is lovely, and the the lunches there are absolutely fantastic. <laughs> well, that's they? what's important, after all, isn't it, Dad? Massively, massively. <laughs> you go down to the David Steele room, so you're you're now in the Lynn Wilson Centre end at Northampton, uh, doing the commentary, and you go back downstairs into the David Steele room down below, overlooking like the indoor centre there, mm-hmm. and uh, very nice chicken and new potatoes I had. Very nice. <laughs> I mean, I was going to ask you, Dan, about Sam Haynes' double hundred and whether he could push his way into the England side. We all know that he has the, what, the highest list A average for a player who hasn't played international cricket. But 202 off 494 balls, I'm sure he enjoyed his lunch too, but he would have enjoyed his runs even more. Yeah, he would have done. Um, I, I, Well, I mean, he, he's got to be in with a shout. There are others in with a shout around, aren't they? I mean, Harry Brook, Josh Bohannon, Tom Abel. Uh, potentially James Bracey. So, you know, there, there are a host of guys all pushing for places. And that can only be good for the uh, for the national side. Yeah, absolutely right. Well, where am I going to go next? It's, it's nice having all this power. i tell you where I'm going to go. Yeah. I'm going to go to Beckenham, where there was, well, another road. Annie, you were down there, weren't you? Sorry, 6-7-1 for 9. Yeah. The, it was the highest first-class innings that's in terms of run scored without someone getting 100. Pope 96, Folks 91, Jamie Overton 93, Sam Curran 78, Colin de Grantham 66, Jordan Clark 55. Oh, I'm exhausted oh, just massive, saying it. Massive what? amount of runs. It also equaled the first class record seven for the number of players making half centuries without passing three figures. Three players in their 90s, like you said. Um, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was quite a game. I, that's a um, I went down to Beckenham um, to see the match and, oh, what a lovely place it was. And it was so, so full of people, great atmosphere, wonderful, wonderful. I mean, the, everyone was talking about what a pitch to play on uh, and uh, Surrey certainly did play on it for a, a good long time. I, I would say too long. I would have, um, I would have definitely declared a little bit earlier because uh, uh, as as uh, Somerset did but um, yeah it was it was amazing to see all these international players and uh, yeah fantastic atmosphere there Burns did exactly the same at Bristol he went on too long I know the last day was washed out in this fixture so you know the as, as happened at Bristol as well but he went on too long and I believe that's the first time that he's declared this season and I mean, why do you need 700? You know, let's call it a day at 5.50. Surrey, if they want to win the league, have to start picking up wins. Draws aren't enough. And they're at the top of the table. They're going to want to win the league. And, you know, I think they need to be a little bit more creative in their declarations and the captaincy. Yeah, I I agree. I know you you can't account for rain, but at the same time you can. You've got to have a look at the forecast and think yeah. about it. We'll talk about Middlesex. Yeah, they say they don't then, talk, they don't look at the forecast, but I mean that's a crazy way of playing because it, you know, they had no play on on Sunday. So Sam Dalling, and Sam Dalling Joe, loves rain these days because he still gets paid even if it rains. So he's <laughs> he's a massive fan of the rain. <laughs> oh yes, indeed, exactly. Yeah, you, you've exposed me, Dan. Like, we're not quite live. And Joe on Kent, right? Their bowlers—they're having a tough time of it. They're, so their first inning scores that they've conceded: 
514, 506, 652 for 6, 571 and 671 for 9 declared. I mean, it's just not quite going right for them, is it? No, uh, <laughs> you would say not. And North Ants have got Kent on Thursday. So, I mean, if the lads can back up their mammoth run scoring on a road at Edgbaston at the county ground, um, then they could be in for another tough week. But, yeah, that's that's not pretty pretty hearing or viewing, I guess, for those, for those Kent bowlers. Yes, and Crawley's hours. not um, not really performing, and uh, so that's a, a little bit sad for him too. What really wanted it, and then there was also the the whole Gilchrist thing. Um, he he uh, he'd he'd already equaled the record for consecutive ducks in first class um, cricket, but uh, this time he did get a five, so um, it was only equaled, not beaten. <laughs> Have you? What's your biggest run of? consecutive ducks joe i think i've done four but not in professional cricket that's a good shout um in professional cricket i'd like to say it's no more than two three maybe um generally no more than four i don't think i could be wrong i, I could be underselling myself could be overselling myself i've got <laughs> we've got two fours dan whiting can you raise us a four i feel like what is it um the count no what's the word game Countdown? Yeah. That one, you mean. Yeah, got, yeah. Four. got two, two fours. Dan, have we got a five? <laughs> no, I've never had the Olympic rings, but four in, a row, four in a row is an Audi. But 1990 season, I think I had seven ducks by the end of May. I was Not in bad, uh, Dan. Didn't, didn't know what end of the bat to hold. <laughs> <laughs> is that nothing's changed, has it? Um, oh, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Now, last but not least in Division 1, the Roses game always... Always a fantastic occasion. Annie talks about the crowd at Beckenham. There was a serious crowd in there up at Headingley. Another draw, but hey, there's lots to talk about. Keaton Jennings, 238. Just He was run out just short of the highest ever Roses score. Interestingly, he's the first Lancashire opener to get a double century since Michael Atherton back in... I read it and now I haven't made a note. It was either 91 or 2001. But anyway... He's a man who could be pushing for an England recall. A man pushing for a potential England call is Harry Brook. He was dismissed having made a quickfire 41 by Matt Parkinson in the first innings. That was the first time he hadn't made 50 this season. He followed it up with 82 in the second league. So he's got 758 at 151. And there was also Joe Root bowling Jimmy Anderson. Not before, no, other way around. Yes. Jimmy Anderson bowling <laughs> Joe Root. Not before Root had made one four seven in the first innings when no one else passed 41. He was dismissed cheaply in the second dig, though. And a great fun up there at the Roses game, wasn't it? Well, Again, it's just the same story. More runs, though. Yeah, yeah. Massive amount of runs um, and great international players playing. Um, but, yeah... Uh, a, um, a draw and it really always looked like it was going to be you know Keaton Jennings Dan yeah he's on form the guy I want to speak about though is Matt Parkinson because it's only fair we've spoken about Jack Leach and Parkinson's his rival for that England spinners role Parkinson bowled just shy 39 overs in the first innings uh, picking up uh, got four wickets four for 50 off nearly 39 overs so uh, parsimonious Parkinson, shall we say. Uh, and in the second innings, he just bowled a mere 27. So there you go. But he bowled very well 
on what was uh, a good wicket and uh, a test match quality wicket as well. Yeah, it was. Speaking of test match quality, great to see Joe Root scoring runs, Joe, because difficult winter for him. We know the changes, but I mean, he's just a class act and it's always good. to. It's reassuring. It's like one of those things in life. You just like to see Root with runs next to his name. Yeah, he's top quality, isn't he? Um, I actually thought he was going to get a... Uh... 100 last week against Essex when Cook got two in the, two in the, uh, a century in each innings. I thought it would be fitting if Joe Root was to do the same. Um, Ex-England captain against... Yes. Ex-England captain now. Um, yeah, he, he's always going to come through. And like you say, against that proper bowlers, obviously, Gibby, um, Matt Parkinson, very economical. I'd love to see him given a go um, at some point. In the next few months, um, I think he's more than served his opportunity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. 23 wickets he's got in the Division 1 of the county championship so far, which for a leg spinner in April and May and given him out the amount of runs. Now, we talked about Craig Overton and Hassan Ali before. He just slips in between those. He's got more wickets than Overton, more than a bass. And that battle between Root and Anderson, we love those little battles within the games who, if you play against or when you play against the Oval Invincibles, who will be the wicket you will celebrate most, Joe Gardner? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'd probably say Danae Van Niekerk based on last year's form and, and her run scoring. and the, the, She play, she hits, hits all, uh, the ball at very kind of different angles to many other female cricketers, so... Yeah, I think she'd be quite a prize wicket. But to be fair, yeah, her, Cappy, um, yeah. Lauren Winfield here, if she's striking the ball like she did this weekend. <laughs> oh, well, we will look forward to seeing. We'll keep a close eye on that. Right, let's nip down into Division 2 in the wilderness, as some people call it. But not for me. I was quite happy down there. But we're going to start up north, Chester Street. Great victory for Durham by 58 runs. They ended up... Bowling Glamorgan out for 137. I say they, Matty Potts. or Matt, I think he's gone to Matthew Potts. I think he's he dropped the Matty. Uh, seven for 40, career best for him, 11 for 101. Dan, he is some some going if you can overshadow Ben Stokes. Yeah, he also got four in the first inning, so he got 11 in the match. Um, I think he's on the England radar. I really do. I think he, he's, he's rapid. He, he's, he's got serious wheels. And he's come from nowhere. He's probably like their fifth seam at the start of the season. And he's come from nowhere. And he's picking up wickets left, right and centre at the moment. And my mate Martin Emerson up there, who I'm going to catch up with this week, works for the BBC Newcastle, covers all the Durham games. He's a massive, massive fan. But Matty Potts, because, you know, he's from the North East. Got to call him Matty. <laughs> and uh, he can bat as well. I saw him at Northampton last year. I covered the Northampton should be Durham game. And he and Travaskis came in at nine and ten and biffed it everywhere. So he, he can bat. Um, he, you know, I think he's just a good all-round cricketer. And I think he's definitely going to be on England's radar. He certainly can bowl. He's got 35 wickets, um, which is 11 more than Hassan Ali, who's uh, behind him. So, uh, And this is in the second division. So good on him. What do you reckon they feed them up there, Joe? We've had Har- Harmison... Plunkett, onions, <laughs> wood, pots could be the next Rushworth. one. Not Rushworth, yeah. Not quite got the same pace as the others, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, but yeah, God, they, they produce quick bowlers up there, mm. don't they? 
Yeah, they'd breed them differently. Must be. So far north. Has to be, doesn't it? Has to be the air up there or something. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been up there a couple of times and it's just miles away. So <laughs> it's even further for you guys in the West Country, yeah. I have to think. Um, yeah, no, seriously impressive. Um, yeah, not much more I can say. Probably glad he's not in Division 1 having to go up against Northants. But yeah, impressive. Yeah, they'll be up there and thereabouts, I think, in the promotion run. As Glamorgan still could be there, that amazing win at Nottinghamshire, and their Aussies are firing. Michael Nisa, four for, and Labashane, free with the ball. I mean, we didn't expect that. Hogan still going at four for 67. So, a setback for Glamorgan, Dan, but far from terminal. Yeah, Labashane got three last week as well. Yeah. So, he's, uh, he's on form with the ball. Going back to the food thing, though, it's obviously covered the <laughs> Gloucestershire game. And I'll, I'll categorically let you guys know into a little secret that Matt Renshaw, although he's not from, well, he, he's, he's Australian, but he was born in Middlesbrough, but he did not have a Palmo for lunch. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what a Palmo is? Do you know, do you know what a Palmo is? No. It's Sam, ham, you must know. The ham, the ham and chicken thing. It's a ham and chicken thing, deep fried in a bun, and it's a Middlesbrough delicacy. And uh, oh, and he didn't he didn't want it. Well, I don't think they were on offer actually, because they uh, <laughs> tend to eat quite healthy food. But uh, yeah, you you sound like someone else on Twitter. I, I'm going to ask you a question, but you can't use this as the answer. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so, right, um, but let's go down to Lords because Joe and I were there on day one. I mean. Many cats called this the title decider. It's very early for that, but two sides absolutely firing. Ended up being a draw. Rain probably saved Middlesex. But Joe, you were there day one. Hamid made a wonderful hundred, didn't he? As Toby Roland Jones bowled 23 overs without taking wicket, but he should have got one. But yeah, how good was Hamid? Yeah, top quality. Um, like when we were on comms, yeah, he just batted with, with the proper class that we've obviously seen in bits um but probably a few years ago now um yeah it was nice to see him him get some runs and he looked very assured very composed throughout the majority of his innings other than one very strange odd loose shot against Toby Ronan Jones but yeah I can still remember that sound because I'm a loser um but yeah he batted very well um like you say Middlesex saved by the rain I think but Sam Robson dug in and got himself a hundred didn't he so it's good to see mm. and yeah, good yeah, to see Toby Ronan Jones picking up four down, yeah. very impressive wickets on day two I was pleased when I looked at the scorecard before our game started on Saturday so yeah he bowled, bowled 23 overs I wasn't thinking you were a loser I was just you'd reminded me that he did play this it was such a composed innings from him he didn't play a full shot and on about 70-odd, he just had a complete slash at Roland Jones. I don't know why, but all three days when I arrived at Lord's, about nine o'clock, Hamid was in the nets, batting yeah. with Ant Bofer on the slinger. So he loves it. Dan, I'm jumping around a bit because I, I, actually, I want to come to you on Sam Robson because 100 for him, 100 out of 130 in that second innings to save the game. Peter Hanscom said last week after his one four nine at Hove, he's got to be in the England conversation. I'm presuming I'm going to get no disagreement from you on that. Yeah, I'd have taken him to Australia, actually, for the for the Ashes last winter. Uh, he's brought up in Sydney. 
his dad runs the indoor cricket school at the Sydney Cricket Ground, and uh, I'd have I'd definitely have taken him out there because he was brought up on Australian wickets, but we didn't. He, he's what thirty four now, but I I love Sam Robson. Uh, he plays. He lets the ball come to him. He doesn't play out there at all. He lets it come, and he'll play under his head, and he'll work you through the leg side, or he's got a, a very good cut. Um, but I think he's an absolutely wonderful player, and he's a top top man as well. Yeah, he certainly is. The Middlesex guys, well, they look very suave in those suits. And now, look, people that talk about cutting the number of counties or cutting counties altogether, they shall remain nameless, right? You would miss out on so much. On day two, there was a spell between De- uh, James Pattinson. There's so many Pattinsons or yes. Pattinsons now. James Pattinson was steaming in full throttle at Peter Hanscom, two Victorian teammates. He had two men out on the hook, a man at short leg, a man in front of square at a normal square leg. Eventually he got him, but there was about half an hour, 40 minutes of amazing high-intensity cricket. And A, we wouldn't necessarily get them if there were only fewer counties, but also for the young lads on the side to, to be involved in something like well, it, that. Jason Gillespie said this last week, didn't he, that it's really, really important for these, these players to play in this higher intensity rather than, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Gareth Batty said it as well when he was on a few weeks back. He he said that the Surrey boys absolutely went hammer and tongs at Tom Abel and Hashim Amler came off the pitch and went, whoa, that's test intensity. And mm-hmm. Tom Abel came out with 150 in that. Yep. So, the county game has to be, you know, preserved because it is the breeding ground for Test cricket and the TV rights that make the ECB all the money. Thirty-two thousand capacity stadium at Lords, which is full up, and people buying six-pound pints there. The county championship feeds into that, and it is vital to the future of the game. Well, what did we have? We had Hamid Duckett. Pattinson and Broad in the not side, so four test cricketers. Potentially Clark, James, Patterson, White could have a shout uh, in the future. Middlesex, you had Robson, Stoneman, Hanscom, Roland Jones. Then you've got uh, uh, Josh DeCares, yeah. the son of Michael Atherton. Robson could get back in there. John Simpson has played for England, so no lack of quality. Yeah, and, there. and that's not without you know not even taking into account Beckenham and the stars at Surrey that uh, were just. Mind blowing, so yeah. Well, yeah. anyway, listen, and, you, and you left out Ireland's Tim Murta. I did, yeah, I did indeed. Sorry, Tim Murta. And actually, well, maybe we'll take the word of a current county head coach and a coach who's won the county championship a couple of times. I think we'll we'll go with that. And finally, before we move on, someone who might not be playing in a franchise game, but Luke Fletcher opens well, batted at eleven and scored fifty <laughs> on the second morning. By close of play, he was opening the batting. There was one over to face when Stuart Broad took the final Middlesex wickets. He stormed up the Lord's Pavilion steps. I've never seen anyone move so quickly. Came down, had a pint overnight, so he was just going to go out and bat properly. He did. He made 50, the first man to make 50 batting, opening the batting and batting at 11 in a first-class game. That is class, isn't it? That's such class. And he's just such a character. We've had him on the show, Dan, haven't we? And he's a fine performer. He had Middlesex naught uh, for two at one point. He always he can't walk through a room without being stopped for selfies, for words of congratulations, and he always obliges, Dan. Oh. Great to see Luke Fletcher again in the, in the runs, in the wickets. Yeah. 
Yeah, wonderful. He's a great laugh. And uh, I don't know why he was steaming up the steps. Maybe the tavern bar was calling him. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> no, it's fantastic to see. He was so keen. It was when he was just wanting to get his pads on. He volunteered to go out and bat. So yeah, great to see. Right. So a couple more games left. Finally, we'll run through them very quickly. Uh, draws, draws, draws. Leicestershire and Sussex with a draw. Big total for Sussex, 450, 138. For Clark, Ollie Carter, young wicketkeeper batter, made 72. Cal Parkinson, three for 98. The two Parkinson twins, both in the wickets and runs. Uh, Leicestershire all out for 210, and then three, three, nine for nine. Runs for Azad, and he's someone you went to uni with, Joe, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Hassan, he's a great bloke. Um, Like, yeah, he's so good. Um, Such a gem of a human, and... I think he was doing engineering at uni and then obviously fully involved in the cricket programme, um, MCCU stuff, um, with quite a few other names on the county circuit as well. So that programme obviously served Loughborough alumni very well um, and the county games profited as a result of that with many names being involved and, and scoring runs actually this year and Sam Cook taking wickets as he has done for the past couple of seasons. So, yeah, no, really good. Always, always look out... Um, and have a look how Hass is getting on, and yeah, seriously impressive guy. Uh, you had another day out at Laws, didn't you? Didn't both the men's and the women's left sides get to the final at the same time? Yeah, 2016 that would have been. Um, Hassan would have been playing then. Um, I think James Bracey might have been about as well. Uh, Michael Burgess, obviously, once of Sussex, now of Warwickshire, scored a few runs last week. Um, yeah, and a few others. So always, always looking out for the Loughborough guys. And there's a few in your side from that day as well that are currently playing pro cricket as well in the women's side. Yeah, quite a lot actually. Um, Tash Farrant, Holly Armitage, Kirsty Gordon. Um, obviously, guys that are dunks. Um, she scored a hundred yesterday in the fair break tournament. So yeah, no, I was, I was, I feel very grateful to have been at Loughborough at a similar time to all of those girls. Um, and yeah, always good to see them smashing it. Uh, a vintage year for yeah, Loughborough. Don't take on that alumni team. Definitely not. <laughs> and Annie Leicestershire, you were you you've been involved in this a little bit um, in terms of the they had four thousand tickets yeah. that Sean Jarvis and Leicestershire gave away. Wonderful stuff. Yeah. So Sean Jarvis uh, contacted me and Becky uh, Fairley Clark from the Cricket Supporters Association to to work with him. Um, at, we're going to try and do this every year. He's very keen to do support your county, he calls it, and um, bring in, um, he, he uh, reached out 4,000 free tickets to people that wouldn't necessarily be able to get to the game. There was a lovely video that they posted of uh, Kestrel Mead Primary Academy with the pupils um, that are aged about four to seven we, with ASD and they were all on the pitch and, and the players were um, signing stuff and they were all cheering and it was just lovely and, and these sort of things are so 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 vital and uh, so important and also Sean said he, he went round and had a look and there were piles of free tickets that people had other people had come in so you know even if it's just a few it's it's just brilliant to bring these people into the game. Great to see the Sussex youngsters. We've spoken about them all season. And uh, Tom Clark there, he's 21, 138. Oliver Carter from Eastbourne, from the delightfully named the Saffrons, home of Eastbourne Cricket Club. 
he got 72, and Archie Lennon 48. But the game ultimately finished in a draw because it was past the bedtime of half the Sussex side. <laughs> yeah, it was. And Ollie Robinson, Dan, he only bowled one over in the first innings and bowled a little bit more in the second, including some off spin. Now, um, it's been John Lewis came out and talked about his fitness previously, but I mean, this is just. He had food poisoning. His coach said he was on a drip, on two drips. So he can't really lay any blame at Ollie Robinson's feet in this game, surely. No, I mean, why was he selected at half past ten when he's gone down with food poisoning at five past eleven? I mean, we we're speaking about food earlier, but I don't know what's going on there at, uh, um, at Leicester. I don't know uh, what Maybe he's he had your palmo. Maybe, Maybe he's had Matt Renshaw's or Matty Renshaw's palmo, but. Uh, <laughs> No, I, I don't know. I don't know what's gone on there. I mean, there was an article by David Hopps about it on ESPN Crick Info, which is worth a read. But uh, I don't know. But uh, what I do know is that Rishi Patel, whose mum always listens into County Cricket Natters, oh. he, he got a few runs for Leicestershire and uh, fantastic to see Rishi in the runs as well. Yeah, fantastic to see. Robinson, would he be in your England test side? In a word, I'll ask all three of you. First test against... New Zealand in June, a couple of weeks' time. Ollie Robinson in the eleven. Dan. Yes. Yes. Annie. Yes, definitely. Joe. Yes. Oh, it's like X Factor, isn't it? Oh, you got four yeses. Yes. Ollie Robinson. <laughs> Excellent. Right. Lovely. Right. Move on. Last but not least, one of my favourite counties, actually, Derbyshire. Naturally, the game was a draw with Worcestershire. Jack Haynes, like London buses, never had a first-class 100, but now has back-to-back ones. Runs for Azar Ali, runs for Jake Libby as well. And, well, you know, you don't need to tell me who scored runs. Don't need me to tell you who scored runs for Derbyshire. 5-6, five, 5-8. Five, Sean Massoud, 113. They've had 11 centuries already. They only had five last year. No, he's still not in my fantasy team. And he still is in mine. My captain now, in fact. But Anuj Dahl as well, 114, not out for him, just after he signed a contract extension. So, yeah, great to see Derbyshire doing so well, Annie. Mm, Really good, yeah. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, was delighted to see Masood back in the hundreds again. (laughs) Back in the hundreds, yeah. (laughs) Joe, who's the person who in the the women's game, who's the Sean Massoud who is guaranteed for 100? If you could bring in an overseas signing for the Sunrisers. Oh, good question. Um, oh. One batter. Would Sophie Devine be I'll up there? I'll take Sophie Devine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or perhaps try and nick Heather Knight from <laughs> Western <laughs> Storm. Um yeah, Dan, Worcestershire, they've just not really got going yet this season. Jake Libby at least has got going. Um, but oh, it's just the number of draws isn't helping them. No, and again, they're, they're a victim of the, the stagflation going around the county championship, as I described it earlier. Uh, but good to see Libby back in the runs. He was a guest on the show here last year. Uh, the one who I'm, I always keep an eye on at Derbyshire is Sam Connors. He's rapid. He's got real wheels to him, and I like the look of him. And I always look out and see how he's doing, and I see he picked up a fiver in this game. And uh, he went for over 100, um, but uh, it probably wasn't the most conducive pitch to a pace bowler, but it's good to see him sticking at it as well. Mm. 
yeah, he bowled well at Lords in the first game of the season. It's those balls you touch on those balls, Dan. It was the same at Lords. They changed them in at least once in each innings. Yeah. In the second Middlesex innings, eight balls was all the that eight overs is all the ball la- lasted before they changed it. It was something the Knots bowlers were saying. There's a bit of stitching. There's, they're missing some stitching. They've maybe taken a row of it out, and it's really causing issues. The seam is a lot flatter, that's for sure, than than the other juve balls that last year. I spoke to John Simpson about this, and mm. uh, last year at Lords, they, since the sort of erection of the uh, Compton and Edrich stands, the ball's gone round corners. You know, so those stands have made it a lot more atmospheric at Lords, and the ball's gone round corners. This year, it hasn't swung at all. And what I'm finding from the games that I've covered is that the ball doesn't tend to do anything initially, and then the lacquer goes off it at six, seven, eight overs, and it starts doing all sorts to about 25, 30 overs, and then goes dead. And, the you know, the, the skipper's taking it up to the umpire, and he's putting it through the... What is that thing called? You know that little the gadget he's got? What is it? Has it got a name? Is there an the actual dream. name for it? Is it just called that thing? Dave, Ball hoop. Dave Bracegirdle and I had that exact conversation <laughs> this week. We're going on oh, that ring thing, that ring thing. Joe, you're the pro. You must know. It looks a bit like handcuffs to me whenever I yeah, see it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, there was lots of talk at, at Beckenham about the ball and, uh, yeah, people saying that, that that's the that's the big difference this season more than the pitches, but that's just talk. That's just talk. Talk is what we've done a lot yeah. of on this show and we're going to draw it to a close. A slightly longer edition, but I hope you will agree. I certainly think it was worth it because we've covered the Charlotte Edwards Cup. We've had Joe Gardner with us. Joe, what are you, Joe underscore Gardner 14 or Joe Gardner underscore 14, isn't it? The latter, yeah, the Joe latter. Gardner underscore 14. Joe Gardner underscore 14. Jordan Henderson is her hero, a Liverpool fan. So she's been celebrating... Cut victories and maybe an outside chance yeah. of a league win. Lots of hope on Stevie Gerrard and Philip Coutinho doing you a favour. Back in action Wednesday, right, Joe, against Western Storm at Chelmsford, is that one? Chelmsford, yep, under light, seven o'clock. Fantastic, that'll be a brilliant occasion. Chelmsford's always good under lights. Next Saturday they're playing as well, 21st of May, 29th of May, 1st of June, 4th of June. 5th of June is the last Sunrisers game, right, down at Guildford. And then finals day at Northampton Joe's home ground on the 11th of June. Joe, thank you very much. And I hope your car does not uh, put too big a dent in your wallet. <laughs> thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. I would love to have you. And Annie, thank you as ever. I'm glad the smile is back on your face. <laughs> I know it's been an interesting 24 hours or so on social media, but plenty of support, which I hope has brought a smile back. Yeah. Yes, yeah. thank you. It, it, I mean, it's been totally overwhelming um, and, and ridiculous, really, but there you go. Yeah, and Kevin Peterson, you're always welcome to come on here and talk about county cricket with us. Open invitation. Just ping Anytime, me your email mate. address. Dan will send you the Zoom link and you're on. Uh, and Dan, thank you very much to you. As ever, what have you got this week lined up? Any umpiring on the go? No umpiring. I'm going to go to Lords. I'm going to go and have a beer with my mate Martin Emerson. So I'm going to pop in on Thursday to Lords. It's strictly for pleasure. It'll be nice not to be working at a game of cricket and just to be able to have a beer, actually. So mm, there you enjoy. go. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't been to Lords yet this season. Uh, if you're in St John's Wood about 11pm on Thursday night and you see two blokes, one with a beard stumbling around, then it's the BBC's finest 
cricket commentators, right? That's all for me. Dan Whiting, Annie Chave, Joe Gardner and Sam Dalling signing off. We'll be back next week. One more round of the county championship before we break for the blast. In the meantime, stay well. We got some beautiful chats. We got some beautiful stats. And we won't stop talking. We won't give it a rest. And as a matter of fact, it's time to get it off our chests. Cricket, 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 cricket. Podcast Network.